0: You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R dot net. And use the code boncoeurcitycast20. Today on CityCast Portland, depression dining or how to cook nourishing food for yourself when you don't have the energy or bandwidth to do much of anything. Our orange wine-loving Ritz-Carlton building stand and editor of Eater Portland, Brooke Jackson Glidden, is here with us to share some of her best recipes for those short on time or will. Continuing our Seasonal Depression Week's theme, we're talking with experts about how to guard our mental health during these short winter days. It's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Where did this idea come from? Like, tell me about depression dining.
1: Sure, yeah. So I think that my own personal relationship with this came from my personal history. So my mother is both a really great home cook and a psychologist. So, uh not only, you know, the basics of how to cook something, but also how to improvise, how to build something with what you have in your fridge and how to doctor up a box of mashed potatoes or how to use better than bouillon to make something taste a little bit better, you know, uh shortcuts sort of uh right. things up, I guess is sort of her word for it. Um I am also somebody who has lived with mental illness in various forms for most of my life, especially when I first moved out of my home and moved across the country. Um, I was very depressed. And I noticed that when I was really struggling, like one of the first things that would happen is that I would have a really hard time feeding myself. It would start with just me not being able to go through the bother of, chopping vegetables or getting out a bunch of pans that sort of thing to like okay I'm eating peanut butter straight out of the jar okay I get takeout and then survive on that takeout for a few days and then maybe not eat <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean I noticed that this was not an unusual phenomenon
0: so what was your like turn like when when were you just like ah, uh, I think I know how to fix this
1: yeah I was living with a woman who also was living with mental illness in different ways but. Uh, you know, her self-soothing technique was really centered on um, crafting. And I was also struggling and, you know, would end up feeding myself and sometimes her in these ways of just like, okay, we have a bowl of instant noodles. How can I just make this a little bit better for me? How can I just get some extra nutrients into this? And I started to realize that like, a lot of people around me, a lot of my friends that had similar issues with this stuff, didn't necessarily have that middle ground, Um, those middle ground
0: skills, I guess I would say. That your mom taught you of just like, right. this is how you doctor yeah. up something and it's quick and easy.
1: a 100%. So you either have like, okay, either I'm eating what I can pull out of a freezer or a pantry, that sort of instant, or I am going to like the New York Times cooking page and pulling a full recipe and buying every ingredient and like right. going that way, that that middle ground of like looking in a fridge and going, how do I feed myself something that's going to actually feel good for me? Not just physically, but mentally is not just necessarily specific to people who are depressed. A lot of different people might not necessarily have that skill set. Yeah. So when you're really low on energy or low on spoons is sort of the the in- internet parlance for this. Um, How do you sort of get a little bit more? Um, nutrients into your body when you really don't have the energy to make something involved.
0: And you just said spoons. Could you explain that concept? Because I've never heard that
1: that concept. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So this is definitely something that feels very like. Tumblr era kind of energy, (laughs) but I I really do like it as a framework. So, you know, think about every person being born with the same number of spoons and various tasks in your day um, cost a specific number of spoons. Um, so like, okay, like, uh, taking a shower, that's one spoon, cooking a breakfast for myself. That's another spoon doing my laundry. That's a spoon. Um, and there are certain things that have your spoons taken away from you, right? So you're dealing with something really involved at work, or you're going through a divorce, or you have specific, like systemic inequities that make life harder. So if you're at a place where you only have like a few spoons and you're like, okay, well, I have to do
0: like all of this stuff involved. So it's like mental bandwidth. Totally. It's like a physical representation of like mental, emotional bandwidth for that 100%. day. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So what, tell me about, because uh, I, I read something about like zero and one spoon meals. And now I'm starting yeah. to understand that they, mm-hmm. it was, because I literally was like, oh, it's going to take one spoon or zero spoons. And I'm like... <laughs> How is that going to come together? But now I'm starting to understand. So tell us about zero. I'm now
1: now thinking like that still might be true, actually. (laughs) um, Yeah, because like, so when I think about a a zero spoon meal, that is something that literally you open fridge, you remove thing from fridge, you put on plate, you eat. You know what I mean? It's it's like as little involved as possible. There's a TikTok creator. I wish I could remember this person's name. Uh, If you know who this is, tweet at me, please, Um, who talked about using a tray, just having a tray in your fridge with all of the things that make you feel good, things that you want to eat just on the tray kind of all the time. And this doesn't have to be stuff that needs to be refrigerated, but it can be like, you know, um, peanuts and hummus and baby carrots and string cheese and I don't know, salami, just like all these sorts of things. And then all you have to do is remove tray, eat, snack off of tray until full, put tray back in fridge. So you're not doing any dishes. You're not doing really anything other than feeding yourself when you're hungry. Like if if the alternative is I am not going to eat, eating is always better than not eating. I think that there is a weird diet culture thing that we have adopted as a society where it's like well if you're not eating the best possible thing for you, it's that's more harmful than just uh, um you know emitting a meal or whatever. Yeah. Please eat yeah. <laughs> that. You know, we don't want to add an eating disorder to the mix here. Yeah. Yeah. And again, very common in a really sad way. So, you know, that's that's when the tray comes in handy. So
0: zero spoon. That's a zero. spoon. Yeah, Zero spoon. What's a one spoon meal?
1: A one spoon. I think, you know, there are a couple of examples. My idea here is generally we're not getting out a cutting board necessarily. We're maybe using one pan you know, as little work as possible. Um, I think like certain sheet pan meals are in this category, for instance. A common one at my house, I'll, I'll give you two really quickly. Um, You know, taking a bunch of frozen dumplings and steaming them, mm-hmm. sort of doing a first quick little um, sear with the oil and then adding a little bit of water and steaming. And then right at the end, throwing a, a handful of bok choy in with that pan. So it also steams. You're getting a vegetable in you. You're getting the protein in, with the dumpling filling. It's going to fill you up. It's going to taste good, you know, and it doesn't take a ton of mental bandwidth. And it's done in like 10 minutes.
0: Yeah. And if you have enough condiments, it, it can be super delicious. You can have like yeah, can put some chili crisps in that. You can everyone yeah. have
1: chili crisp in your fridge. You I swear to, to God, yeah. it's so good. Um, another example that's like maybe a little bit more involved, but a really common one in my house, you can take chicken quarters, right? So the, the full leg, and fingerling potatoes and baby carrots. And you essentially grab your favorite seasoning blend. In my house, that's Tony's Etchery's, but you know, slap your mama, or um, you know, like a <laughs> Cajun seasoning, bear bear, uh masala has worked for me in the past, you know, like whatever sort of seasoning blend is one that you reach for without thinking about it. Old Bay, you know, that kind of thing. And you're going to rub that significantly all over those chicken legs. Um, In a sheet pan with some olive oil, you're going to shake that seasoning blend over those fingerling potatoes and those baby carrots, handfuls, right? And you are going to take a cup of chicken stock, throw that in the bottom of the pan, and you're going to just put that in a 425 oven for like 45 minutes. And then that's a full meal. You're not getting on a cutting board. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to ask the baby
0: potatoes, they stay intact. The baby carrots, they stay intact. You're just bloop, blop, bloop and then shake 100%. And it
1: feels like, oh my gosh, I actually cooked myself something, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, but it's it's one dish, it's one dish to clean.
0: Okay, let's take a break here. And when we come back, I wanna know what you think I should have in my kitchen uh, for making these meals. So you gave us some examples of like zero to one spoon meals, but where can people start pantry wise? Um,
1: I think everyone should have, like I said earlier, that really great seasoning blend that they don't have to think about. That can be a fun thing for me at the grocery store. If I'm like, I'm going to buy myself like a new seasoning blend while I'm here. And, you know, Trader Joe's was born for this. They're yeah. like so ready <laughs> to, to get you excited about something. And, you know, you can take home your everything but the bagel or whatever, and, and that can be sort of the fixation for you for the week. So a really great seasoning blend, a really great vinegar, you know, having something that you can add to a salad, that you can add to rice, that you can add to a vegetable. You know, a vinegar adds so much flavor so quickly. And when it's good, um, it's not going to be super, super overpowering. You can just do a little bit of a drizzle. And it's going to be really great. Adding it to rice gives it that sort of like sushi rice quality. I I do think that like better than bullion. Like <laughs> like my heart belongs to better than bullion. It, it's like you know just like oh my god this this pasta sauce isn't coming together. Uh-huh. What
0: it just it's like it's just, it's like instant umami especially because it's like a yeah, little paste 100%. right that you it's just dissolve. a little
1: paste you're adding a yeah. tiny little dash to stuff and it's like oh my gosh this suddenly has so much more depth to mm-hmm. it and I don't have to think about it. Um, some people have this relationship with like a maggi seasoning or um, tomato paste or gochujang. Like uh, there's a, a chef who has done some recipe development for Eater's national site um, that talks about these like sort of like umami pastes yeah. or like flavor bomb pastes. Like those can be the foundation of so many more meals than you think. Um, My little bonus is you should have like a really good oil. I know it, it's obvious, but like, you know an olive oil but untoasted sesame oil you can use that for so many different things if you want to get a toasted sesame oil you can use that to finish stuff and add so much flavor and um i think that if your depression stuff is tied up with like diet culture stuff it's like ooh oils and it's like no like you need those like yeah. you know you should be eating some oils some healthy oils um so yeah I could talk about pantry building all day. It's like a huge (laughs) part of my whole thing.
0: Well, you're going to because based off of your Instagram, Depression Dining, and TikTok account, uh, you're currently working on a book. And that's going to basically encompass all of this, which is really exciting, Brooke. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. What's your hope for all of this, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I think that my hope more than anything is that we... You know we have done so much culturally to add a lot more awareness and acceptance of mental illness um, my real goal even beyond people who live with some form of mental illness like i think just my generation and i think a lot of people are just burnout after a work day i'm not putting that on us as individuals that's like ugh, i'm so tired i or uh, i'm wasting food because i don't have the energy to cook the leafy greens in my fridge just that sort of like shame of like, why am I not feeding myself well? Like we live in a culture that overworks us and we are filling every minute of our day with stuff. And that makes it really hard to have the energy to cook. Um. So my hope is that we I get to a point where people feel more empowered to feed themselves stuff that makes them feel good and that we can do that in a way that also treats us with kindness, you know, that involves removing that shame from how we eat um, while also helping ourselves.
0: I'm really excited for you and I want to see more videos of you like putting meals together, you know. Uh, And it's so funny because I can totally imagine myself like sitting on the couch being too tired to cook, but watching your meals and just being like, that looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Like, I'm too depressed to make food. But look at Brooke making that one sheet chicken. That looks good. hundred <laughs> <100%, laughs> percent. Yeah. Just roll over to my kitchen and try that. Cool. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. And now for your microdose of news. Portland says it spent all the money the Oregon Department of Transportation gave it for homeless camp sweeps. ODOT usually gives a city $2 million a year to keep their sites clear. And the budget for this fiscal year doesn't end until June 30th. Meanwhile, Portland City Commissioner Renee Gonzalez has told the bureaus he oversees, which includes the Portland Street response, to temporarily stop handing out tents and tarps to unhoused people. He says it's to prevent fires at homeless camps, but local nonprofit leaders aren't seeing the correlation. Just to note, Portland Street Response handed out over 600 tents and tarps last year. Also, a listener had this to say about our Tuesday conversation with outdoor guide Norther Emily. Ashley wrote, They forgot the most important tip when hiking slash backpacking. Always tell someone where you're going and when you think you'll be back. That way, if you get lost, they know where to look for you. That is an important note to pass along. Thanks for writing in, Ashley. And also, in response to a call out, On Tuesday's show as well, Nick tweeted us a list of car-free options for outdoor winter exploring. He says you can go all the way to the coast using the Oregon Point bus and that there's also a Gorge Express bus to Hood River. And there's always Amtrak to visit nearby cities on its route. And if you want to stay in town, you can always take the Max to Washington Park or just take a bike ride along the Springwater Corridor. Speaking from experience, it's a great bike ride that passes by Oaks Park if you want to make a whole day of it. Thanks so much, Nick, for passing those tips along. For more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. If you enjoyed this show, share it with a friend or leave us a good review. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slims.